we do? <laughs> <laughs> That's usually me who doesn't know what we do. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, well, no, I know what welcome. we do. Welcome. Oh, you got it? Yeah. Because I can do it. No, go ahead. <laughs> so welcome to Ponders Over Popcorn. It's a podcast where we talk about movies. I'm Emily. I'm Dora. And for this episode, we watched the movie Thirst. Or it's... Yeah. Yeah. The Korean I title. feel like hmm? this movie is probably one that people have not seen yeah, in general. <laughs> yeah, it's a Korean horror movie. Um, the Korean title is Bakdui, which means bat. Um, and it's by the director Park Chanuk, who did uh, like Old Boy and Stoker and most recently The Handmaiden. Yeah, so this is an excuse to broaden your film palette and watch <laughs> some foreign film. Yeah. Um, so to recap this movie, uh, basically... I'm really going to butcher the names. I apologize. Oh, Song, no worries. Song Kang Ho? Yeah, that's the actor. Okay. Yeah, uh, the actor. Okay, so Song Hyung is the character's name, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's a priest. He decides he's going to volunteer for this procedure that might lead to this cure for a deadly virus. Um, but he gets infected. He dies. And then he has a blood transfusion, but he doesn't know where this blood came from brings him back to life as a vampire so now he's like grappling with faith and morals as he and you know bloodlust so all that fun he also discovers that you know he has a thing for his best one of his best friend's wife this and uh you know shit goes from there yeah that's pretty much (laughs) yeah it's got like all the good kind of um it's got like I mean for me that it the movie satisfied both kind of like the old like catholic style vampire stuff and that there was very like you know religious overtones and it was like a lot about guilt and those kinds of things um yeah but then it also um, had kind of the, like the fun new vampire stuff where it was like sexy and like they were jumping around <laughs> and stuff so so i don't know if you had a particular uh thought that you wanted to delve into first oh um <laughs> i figure you probably have the more like uh, yeah, than I do at least the, the basis of Korean culture. Yeah, so I guess for if there's anybody if anybody out there listening or whatever, um, I did a I did a year abroad in in Seoul in South Korea. Um, I guess it's almost been three years now, which is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, I watched this film. I took a Korean cinema class while I was there uh, at Yonsei University, um, and we watched a bunch of films. And I had to do a paper on a particular Korean director, and I did a paper on Park Chanuk. Um, and one the, I watched this film among a couple other ones. And, um, yeah, that was, I mean, it was a really fun time, uh, because it was like, I really hadn't actually seen it. I don't think I'd really seen any Korean films before I went there. Um, and so it was really interesting to kind of get to delve into the differences in Korean cinema as opposed to Hollywood cinema, I guess, or at least what sure. I'd been exposed to, um, so when I was preparing to talk about this movie, I was trying to think of like what encapsulates the differences between Korean cinema and Hollywood cinema for me. And um, I guess for me, one of the biggest differences in just kind of uh, uh, like the, yeah, the way that heroism is portrayed is really different. Yeah. I mean, the protagonists of films are often not super likable i guess and not even necessarily in like an anti-hero kind of way um i feel like right they're presented more as just kind of flawed characters which i mean to me is inherently more interesting than kind of this glamorized uh 
Hollywood production. Um, so, I mean, so, like, if you were to take this movie, for example, the one that we watched, um, I was trying to think of how it would be portrayed in, like, if this movie was done from a Hollywood director, um, like, oh, yeah. what the differences would be. And one of them is, I think, the central character would, I mean, he'd be, he'd be extremely different. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. in the sense of, like, I think, a, I think Hollywood would end up trying to make him a little bit more edgy heroic um sure yeah if that makes sense i don't know uh he is kind of just like weirdly pathetic most of the time I feel yeah like. he kind of he's a very uh, like he has that vibe yeah I'm sh- i think what he's doing is noble trying to keep his morality or whatever but like the whole time he's just like uh, god i'm just i'm trying really hard to like not <laughs> be a vampire and i'm like dude like eh. i mean i guess we'll talk about this a little bit later because it's one of my points but like I don't know. I think she had a fair point. Like, yeah. So, I mean, I came away from this. This is your nature now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I came away from this movie. Like, so I remember the first time I saw it, I was kind of like, I enjoyed it, but it didn't really actually leave that much of a lasting impression on me. And so for some reason, when we rewatched it or when I rewatched it, I came away really, really liking uh, the female lead. Her, the character's name is Teju. Um, mm-hmm. I came away really liking her like a lot more than I had the first time around and simply... I think that was because her character arc is, like, really... It's more interesting than his, than the main lead, than, than Sangyun's. Because it's, like... Yeah. You get to see her at the beginning where she just... Like, she has a very bad life, to be perfectly honest. I mean, she... Yeah. She has a home and stuff, but she's been, like... You know, it's very obvious she's been, like, verbally and probably, you know, physically abused her entire life growing up with this mom and her son um and she's taken advantage of by the family and they're kind of they're horrible people and stuff and it's like but i mean what i find interesting though is i don't know if that this is a cause of her situation or just kind of who she is inherently but there's always something about her like extremely off (laughs) like she's yeah she's definitely not like a what's the word that i'm looking for like she's not like there's something else going on neurotypical yeah maybe yeah there's something else going on with her where she's she's just kind of a little bit like she she acts childish like she's kind of perpetually stuck in kind of this like hyper childish state where she reacts to things very like emotionally or if she's bored like it's extremely obvious she's bored and i I think it's good oh no i was gonna say i think um I think for me, I think actually part of that is um, that that's also like an acting style in uh, South Korean movies and in dramas and stuff is that the the way that emotions are portrayed are often a little bit more exaggerated in certain areas. And so for me... Yeah, I was going to say, the host is very much like that too. Yeah, like so... Moments where I'm like, wow, that's theatrical. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so for us, it's like there's, like there's like a lack of subtlety in certain areas that maybe I interpret... As like a Western... I think it's kind of fun, though. <laughs> yeah, but like maybe as a Western viewer, I interpret that a little bit differently than somebody um, who was South Korean would. But uh, right. But yeah, but still, like with her character, like she's still, she's a lot more interesting, I think, because I agree. You yeah. get to see her go from this really pitiful person to kind of like finally being able to take control of her life, and you get to see her do it in like the most horrific way possible where she's become a serial mm. murderer essentially and like a very gruesome one um yeah yeah and he's oh. and he's kind of like this like stereotypical like uh interview with a vampire-esque like you know oh i'm still trying to be noble and i'm a priest and so i'm trying to still help people right. while also being a vampire and it's like 
Yeah, it reminded me of that uh, a lot. Actually, yeah, that whole uh, dilemma, and I guess like it's one of the. I feel like it's one of the few vampire movies that really like looks at what it's like to be a vampire, what mm-hmm. it would be like, as opposed to like you know either they're monsters or whatever. Yeah, um, Twilight, for example, isn't necessarily about it's like yeah. to be a vampire. Well, it's just like the to be fair, Twilight com- almost completely ripped off Interview with the Vampire. <laughs> Kind of, of except it did it terribly. Like, I feel like it wasn't necessarily about, um, about what it's like to be a vampire. I felt like, uh, Interview with a Vampire is more of like a, almost like a psychoanalysis Mm -hmm. of like immortality and what that would like do to you and all this stuff. Whereas Twilight was just kind of like, ooh, I'm broody. And I think it was more a focus on the love scene. Yeah, it was like a teen romance story, whereas... The yeah. Anne Rice stuff is like a lot more about kind of the morality, right? Is it, it's just more smart, I think. Yeah. Maybe Twilight is kind of psychoanalytical, but like it's in a really shallow way. Uh, I haven't read it in so long, but <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. It's been it's been a long time. So <laughs> yeah, um, but also I think you mentioned earlier with her character and what was the character's name again? Uh, her character's name is Teju. Teju or Teju? Teju. T A. No, with a T. Oh, Tay. Yeah. Okay, Teju. Oh, God, this is going to be bad. Um, But Teju, uh, she, you mentioned that she's kind of childlike and it's just, like, emotional. And I I did sense a very, like, strong, like, male-female yin-yang thing going on with the two of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Where it's just, like, typically in, like, the basic sense we think of uh, men as the mind and women as the body where, you know he's like thinking and he's moral and he's restrained and he's holding back his like instincts or whatever. Mm -hmm. Whereas she's purely like the pleasures of the body and, you know, do what you like kind of thing. And she's more emotional as you mentioned. And it's all these things that we typically associate uh, with the feminine and the masculine. There was like such a, um, I don't know. I just, I did notice there was like kind of a, a male versus female thing or yeah. feel throughout the film. Yeah, no, I... which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, like a you know, you think about Adam and Eve or whatever, mm-hmm. it's a similar like she's all sinning her shit off and he's <laughs> like, But God said no. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's yeah. kind of it. Like so any- well, okay, so I'll just I'll go into one of the things I was gonna talk about that I thought was really interesting is that uh the scene where after he finds out that she lied to him that her husband was abusing her and then they set up this plan where they go fishing and then they drown the husband essentially um yeah like to me i'm like the logical leap for me there was like oh if she's set this up like surely she's doing this because she wants to be a vampire too but then she has like this moment where she suddenly like kind of completely goes off the edge where she's like she seems like she wants to kind of Uh, like not necessarily like repent all of it but she's kind of like she's like really over the top like hysterical and like going and talking to the mom and being like oh forgive me and then she's like he's gonna kill me and everything like she just and i thought that that part was really interesting because it just felt like she was kind of like she finally could completely let go of all of the emotions that she had to keep bottled up inside of her that she was so frustrated from yeah like the life that she had to lead 
And then, of course, like, he does kill her, and then he's like, JK, I'm gonna turn you into a vampire anyway, because I don't want to be alone. <laughs> so, yeah, what a douche. I, just, I honestly, I got, like, at that point, I was like, why would you do that? Uh, like, she clearly, like, I don't know, it, to me, it felt like she wanted to go or something. Like, yeah. it just didn't seem like she was enjoying life, and so no. why would you? That being said, she did seem to enjoy vampirism, which I guess is kind of, like, where my point leads, is, like, I think he's using this like so in order to explore vampires with this film i think um can i just call him park <laughs> yeah no that's fine <laughs> park was trying to sorry um... i'm not trying to like show you up <laughs> i <anything>. know <laughs> no 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 you're good i just i'm so bad uh but i think director park uh, was trying to explore humanity or sides of humanity as like these things tend to right it's never really about vampires it's about right us um so i think what he was doing because you look at like these characters and he's you know trying so hard to be moral and live by this like value system and code and she's just like fuck it like i think she has a really <laughs> nice line where she's like is it immoral for a fox to eat a hen yeah you know what i mean like that's their nature and like you know what that's a fair point like you guys aren't human anymore and she seems so much happier than he is for just going with her instinct and i think maybe he's trying to say that humans are the same where like we are constantly pushing down our instinct and it's like making us unhappy but at the same time if we don't do that then we're we're you know we're gonna be terrible people we're gonna fuck things up and i don't mm-hmm. know how i feel about that i don't necessarily <laughs> agree yeah. with it i think a lot of my instinct i i don't know i think a lot of my uh empathy is instinctual right like, you just, it just feels wrong to hurt people i think at its core like i don't know um, but I think that is the point that he might be trying to make, and so that sacrifice, which makes the sacrifice that they that he makes at the end more a little more poignant, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of saying yeah. like he, maybe humans need to, I don't know, poof. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they I don't need know. to. That might be a bit of a stretch. No, but, um, no, I like it. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that that's. I mean, I think that's a good point, and I think um, I think that's also like kind of one of the things that. Um, like, I think when you're talking about vampire stories, that that's a big part of it. Um, it's kind of looking yeah. at... Yeah, I mean, I guess, the like, the moral struggle with being a vampire is, like, you know, okay, now I'm suddenly not human. Does this, you know, but I'm... I used to be a human. I used to act within the bounds of human morality, and now all of a sudden you're not. And, you know, does that mean that you can then kind of play by your own rules, so to speak? Uh, yeah. And it's interesting... Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I, in a way, I, I felt like he was in, like, kind of trying to, uh, like, cling to his humanity, I suppose. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I would think that but as... But he's not human, yeah. Yeah, and I, I guess I'd think that as a priest, you know, and specifically as, like, a Catholic priest, you would, a lot of that stuff is just kind of, like, innate to a certain extent. I mean, it's, it's like, so drill, yeah. drilled into you that, um, yeah, I mean, there's these moments where, um... Okay, so, like, disclaimer, I don't know jack shit about Catholicism, but, um... <laughs> I know very little, yeah. yeah there's, <laughs> there are these moments, uh, and specifically in one of the sex scenes between the two main characters where he's, like, hitting himself, uh, because it's as a way to, like, I don't know, punish himself for feeling lust or for feeling, like, sexual right, attraction. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was like, wow, this guy is suppressed. Yeah, like, and so it's like... <laughs> he just needs to jack off. <laughs> but, um, no, and it, it added kind of, like, a really... At least for me as a person 
who isn't um who isn't catholic or who isn't hyper religious in that sense um like it's just it's an interesting added element to kind of like if you're you're already feeling guilty for not being human and then all of a sudden you have to feel like extra guilty for for having a boner (laughs) but i do think it's interesting to when you look at vampires they're like almost always kind of like linked up with sexuality Mm -hmm. like they're always like really sensual and stuff and i feel like in a lot of like particularly teen vampire uh stories there's that like that strong desire to Mm -hmm. like suck your blood because you're so like basically because i love you so much yeah and I'm so close to you, and I want to suck your blood, but I can't. And I feel like there's such a connection there with, like, the same feelings of sex when you're yeah, a teenager. No, that's which exactly. is why I think that those stories work so well, yeah. is because it's just, sex like, sells. a metaphor yeah. for our suppressed <laughs> sexual urge. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, like, even in Twilight, I think he, like, turns her into a vampire after they're married or something. Kind yeah, of a thing. It's like a Mormon vampire. And uh, there isn't... And it's just interesting because if you look at the traditional lore surrounding vampires, it's like really not about um any sort of like sex as much as it's about fear of the unknown and just simply like fear um yeah um sure but in any case i guess the like the roundabout point or what i was thinking of while i was watching this movie is i thought it had a really good like i said i think i said this at the beginning it had like a good combination of um the taking a look at kind of like the sexual undertones and like the attraction between these two characters and they're having like an affair and there's that and then it's also just kind of like the abject horror (laughs) of like being a vampire essentially like there's parts in that movie where i'm like i'm really uncomfortable because it just got like really gory like really suddenly um yeah i don't know like the gore i don't know what it did for me i guess like yeah, it just definitely, like, unsettled me. And most of the movie, I was just, like, really uncomfortable. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. But, I mean, I think maybe that kind of contributed to the feel of it. Um, mm-hmm. I think, like, maybe the main character, um, the priest, my gosh, his name. But uh, he, it just felt like he was uncomfortable, like, with himself, yeah. generally, the whole movie. And I, I realized, like, I think what my favorite scene is definitely, like, the end where they kill themselves or he kills her and himself yeah and i think at that moment that that was like the one scene i can think of where i wasn't like just like oh you know what i mean yeah it's like funny because it, they were like dying but but I it was think i felt way more calm it was that actually kind of he did too it was touching well i mean like maybe yeah it was touching's maybe the wrong word but it was like you i f- thought it was kind of romantic in a weird way like <laughs> <laughs> well you like it's like terrible they, but yeah like they finally like, they just kind of, finally, there was a moment where they both kind of felt at peace, I They guess. give up. Yeah, yeah. well, because she kind of, I mean, because she struggled, and she fought him, and she really did want to die, obviously. Which was hilarious, but. Yeah, and I, and I guess, like. <laughs> it was really kind of cute. Yeah, I guess I felt kind of bad, because I also would be not happy, essentially, over, like, well, you turned me into a vampire, and, like, now all of a sudden, you're, like, deciding to take the moral high road here. Um, yeah. But in a way, he kind of just made the decision for both of them, and she just kind of accepted it. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is like, it was definitely an over the top movie, but I think, yeah. Um, yeah, I think from the Korean films I've seen, and I haven't seen a ton, but enough that it's like, that they all kind of have that same feel, where it feels a little over the top and a little like comic bookish almost. Yeah. Like, I feel like they tend to have really high contrast and colors and like, 
really uh, strong stylistic choices. Yeah. And um, not not so like, yeah, it makes yeah. it feel almost like over the top or unreal. And yet at the same time, it's like you're you end up feeling really invested, I guess. Like yeah. it doesn't like really hinder the realisticness of it, I guess. Um, I don't know if there's a better word for that. The authenticity of yeah, it. The no, story comes great. through. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally um, agree. Oh, and the the um his childhood friend, the husband. Oh yeah, that idiot. And they killed him off and he was <laughs> oh, like Oh, how did I forget to talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> that was like that's one of my favorite Okay, so that's like one of my favorite aspects of the film. Oh, I mean, we're talking about the same thing. Like we're talking about the fact that they're both having like this weird shared guilt hallucination of right. the husband like he continues to reappear like in the state that he died so he's like a bloated wet corpse like constantly <laughs> appearing and absolutely he's constantly smiling too yes the worst. it's so weird <laughs> and like my favorite part was like the fact that he's like they shot this scene where like the two of them are having sex and he's like in between the two of them and how yes, right. I absolutely guarantee and like I think I was looking at his at the husband's face like there's no way in hell like as an actor he wasn't like about to just burst out laughing like that's so fucking ridiculous it is it was oh my god it was really funny yeah it's also like insanely disturbing because and it well and i thought that that was interesting because it's like it's i mean it's one thing to you know like telltale heart or whatever it's one thing to like have committed a crime and then be like super guilty about it or whatever but it's another thing for like two people to be sharing the same thing and i thought that was interesting um Right. I don't know. It, to me, it felt more kind of like like that was probably thrown in there by the director just to kind of like add a certain level of like drama to it. Like, I don't... Because I think if you try to dig deep into like why they would be both sharing the same hallucination or whatever, like there's not... There's no logical reason for that. <laughs> it's more like... Yeah. It just makes the whole experience a little bit more interesting It, it just makes horrifying. it freakier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but... I do think it's interesting that, like, their guilt, like, this whole thing, like, they're feeling guilty, and he's feeling guilty about, like, oh, I'm a priest, I'm doing this, uh, and all of a sudden they kill somebody, and that's whenever the guilt personifies. Yeah, like, we're, we're disregarding everything else. I mean, I guess he hadn't yeah. really, he hadn't killed anybody up until that point, probably. Right. And she, I mean, she didn't really seem to care, though, so I'm like, why yeah. is she... Well, and she's I guess like, it's her husband, right? But... I guess, but at the beginning of the movie, she's, like, essentially practicing killing him, so... Yeah! Oh my god, that part freaked she's me also out, like, one I was of... like, stop, 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 <laughs> don't yeah. do it. For those of you that haven't seen the movie, toward the beginning of the film, this is, like, your introduction to what she's like as a person, which it's really kind of, like, adds to her, kind of, like, there's something wrong yeah, with her nuts. mentally. <laughs> um, is that she has, like, these, um... Uh, pliers, I guess, or maybe they're like wire cutters. I can't really tell what they are. Something pointy. I think they're pliers. Yeah. yeah, and she's like, he, her husband is laying on the bed sleeping, and he's snoring with his mouth open, and she like repeatedly like puts the pliers in his mouth, like she's going to kill him essentially, like stab him. Yeah, yeah and then she in the like, mouth keeps going back and forth, like pretending, and I'm just like, yeah, I had the same thing. I remember watching that and just being like, oh my god, I can't watch this. <laughs> this that's like. <laughs> genuinely like one of the most upsetting parts of the film um but it's it's interesting and this is another thing that one of the cool things about korean cinema is that um like gun laws are super different over there which is why in most films 
uh, guns don't really show up that much. <laughs> huh. Um, interesting. You got, like, pliers and, like, people kill each other in, like, super different ways, which is kind of interesting. Um, you know. Well, I think they're more, that's more gruesome, too, right? Definitely. A gunshot's, like, yeah. yeah. He's just, like, he's, yeah, and I don't know if that's, <laughs> like, because we're so used to seeing gun violence in media or if it's just because maybe in some ways it's also genuinely less like you're not uh it feel like it's yeah. more detached you know it's yeah. like you press a button and they're dead kind of a As thing or it's like you... if you have to take a knife and like kill somebody yeah. it's like way more intimate um mm-hmm. it's intimate um but <laughs> yeah no it's yeah i mean um I don't know. The husband was, like, such an interesting character because, like, he was oh, an idiot God. and stuff. But, yeah. like, the fact that he was haunting them, like, I don't know. It's still, I still think, like, that's, like, some, there's something, like, really interesting there with the fact that he showed up then. Like, that, like, was the, the guilty tipping point for them. Yeah. But she, like, she always seemed, like, so okay with killing people. Or killing him specifically that it didn't really. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, um... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I felt like... I, know, I, I think maybe it's her... I think maybe it was her guilt for making a uh, priest kill him for her. Maybe. Yeah, like, I mean, and it was also kind of like, that was kind of the... Oh, that was also kind of like the emotional high point of their relationship together, I guess. I mean, they'd, sure, they'd been like, yeah. they've gone on like they're having an affair and stuff. Um, and it, that, that kind of like reached the peak level of intensity. I just think it's super interesting that that like that that didn't necessarily i mean that like ugh. like when you reach that peak it's also kind of when he decides to or when he changes her into a vampire i don't know if right. it's necessarily like he doesn't decide to it's more like he kills her and then he decides at the last second to change her into a vampire but it's interesting right. to me that that didn't happen earlier in the film like that yeah. she what he offered it and took she, a while yeah he offered and she was like no and then yeah like, was like genuinely kind of scared of him and then they killed her husband and then she was like okay with it i guess yeah she got or she wasn't her, yeah. like okay with it but like she didn't i don't know it was the like timing or the way that things kind of like unfolded was a little bit different than how i'm used to seeing them yeah in film i guess it like it did remind me a little bit we talked about our last episode inception we talked about mall as like a just a physical manifestation of like Cobb's guilt. guilt yeah and so this movie kind of did the same thing i think that's like an interesting yeah. technique to kind of give it some life like that because yeah then it really like it's more unsettling first of all because even <laughs> mall is kind of like Ugh, and then this guy freaking smiling and <laughs> being Ugh. all wet and stuff yeah right in between them during sex and all this oh, shit God, so yeah, it's, it's like so weird. i mean i think it's a really really good way to kind of just like put in your face like what guilt feels like yeah you know, it's, it's always there yeah <laughs> Yeah. It's intrusive. And he and he was just Yeah, we didn't I mean, I guess we didn't even really dig into like him and the st- uh stepmom or uh not mother oh, mother-in-law rather. Yeah, she oh, oh. I, she was interesting. <laughs> yeah, and that's one of my they left her in the car. Like what do you like, Yeah, she, well, I wonder <laughs> if she kind of like uh, for him it, like for the priest it was kind of like a god, but maybe she was kind of representative of like a a value system or judgment system and she's always watching like she's always judging and watching and she has like everything to say about everything even whenever she can't like talk or remove or anything she like scratches it into the uh chair or yeah her chair yeah i mean i and i guess yeah she's that was also just kind of like the one of the peak horror i mean that was kind of like a peak horrifying moment is that you have this character that essentially after her son died 
drank herself into a paralyzed state where then she was no longer in control of her own body and then she had to be taken care of by these two horrific monsters <laughs> and right, i just thought yeah. it was super hilarious that like they kept her around i mean like surely yeah she's know. already catatonic i mean it wouldn't be a stretch and they're like okay with like yeah. i guess luring people into the house. i mean and i just thought it was super hilarious that like they put her in the car when they leave to go essentially commit suicide with each other like it's yeah <laughs> well i think it it contributes to like his his moral system or whatever yeah, and he's like, like he's I'm constantly feel like take care of god her. is watching yeah, yeah. well like even because like yeah they need to take care of her but also the fact that she's constantly watching kind of like gives that feeling where it's like there's always someone judging what they do yeah. and so that gives the audience like oh like Ew. yeah and it kind of like adds to the the guilt essentially i mean exactly she's, she's yeah. the one that points out that they were the ones that murdered the husband and stuff but of course it doesn't right. really amount to anything because then they just kill those people but like it's um yeah she kind of serves as like i guess toward the ending and or latter half of the movie she kind of serves as like the as the the judgment character or whatever but exactly but yeah. for the first half of the movie she's 800 percent like the evil stepmother or like you know right exactly mother yeah she's because she's a horrible person yeah mm -hmm. and like i you know she's essentially babied her son into being also a horrible person and this poor girl that sure. they got yeah you well know. that girl is like um the vampire girls you know she does whatever she says though or it's like that sense of duty there and so yeah maybe also well, kind of like later when she's catatonic kind of watching them it's like maybe it's like that sense of duty is still like watching you it's still there if like yeah you know i don't think it necessarily leaves because she yeah because she knew what she knows what she's supposed to do or yeah to i mean do, and, and i that's won't what she did for so long and it's this would be a very big topic to get into which i don't you know but like that's certainly a cultural thing that sure, you yeah. don't just up and um I mean, and you don't just up and abandon your parents for one thing, like, no matter how horrible right. they are. Um, well, that's what I was wondering a, is maybe, her, like, with parents in Korea, yeah? Yeah, well, I was just gonna say, I mean, the situation that she found herself in, she wasn't in any position to... I mean, she can't rebel against her her mother-in-law, essentially, or whatever, or the family that she has. I mean, and so, like, from the perspective of... A western audience it would be really easy to go well why didn't she just run away to begin with or why didn't she just do something or why doesn't she speak out against her mom or the people that are making her life horrible and it's like yeah but you can't that's just such a different you don't have that option just, yeah. no you just don't have that option it's just such a different um perspective and yeah Korean like culture. it's just wrong yeah. well, <laughs> and i'm not i'm certainly not uh an authority in any sense but um right but that makes sense though especially yeah. in the context of the film um and then yeah. yeah and i think that really contributes to her watching afterwards yeah, exactly. it's like mm -hmm, it's like that that sense of i know what i'm supposed to do is constantly there watching you yeah uh, but she like goes all out against it you know yeah she tries to yeah well and it's true she she does kind of the polar opposite of like no nah, i'll just speak mm -hmm. my mind she's like i'm gonna kill everybody but yeah right but either way that sense of duty is like it it goes on to both of them it's just that he's trying to like obey it and she's trying to like go against as much as possible yeah but still for both of them it's like a factor yeah um, he has yeah. he has religious duty and she has like filial piety the opposite well she yeah. has like yeah, yeah. a different <laughs> form of um yeah of obligation i guess Right. Yeah, obligation to say fuck you to the man. <laughs> well, but, I mean, because she doesn't ever she she doesn't seem particularly religious. Um, no. Like especially yeah. at the beginning of the movie when they call 
when they call Sangyun in, when they call the uh, the priest in to, I guess, essentially bless the husband character, his childhood friend. Yeah. She's kind of like scoffing and like she's really obviously skeptical. So they're definitely. I mean, and, and they well, and they gamble, which is not. Uh, that's not Catholic, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, it's not supposed. My, I have some family who's Catholic, and they all gamble, but okay. they're not supposed to. But you can just repent, and then <laughs> you're good. Yeah, I don't know um, how that stuff works, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I feel like Catholics. I don't know. I I'm not super familiar, but half my family's uh, Catholic or was raised Catholic, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of it's just like. I don't know. It's you're not supposed to do a lot of things, um, but. Like honestly, they like they do, and then they just well. I mean, repent, you got a lot again, of rules, you know? man. Like you can't completely you do, and restrict everybody's. Yeah, you know. and the Catholic guilt thing is very real. Just like yeah, well, and that's for me yeah. personally. Like that's always been one of the things that I found extremely fascinating about vampire stories. Um, is I, I find the guilt really interesting mm-hmm. because I feel like. I feel like that says more about the society that created vampire stories than it does necessarily sure. about the vampires is because you're essentially creating an outlet to explore the guilt that you already feel for... Right, but the guilt yeah. for being yourself yeah. or being who you are, yeah. which I guess could also be applied again to the LGBTQ yeah. community and a lot of things, actually, but yeah. Yeah, um, which is why it's interesting because, like, the vampire iconography has always been really tied to, like, um, anti-religious stuff right. or whatever so and sick and sex yeah <laughs> um but yeah i think we're winding to four Our, minutes from now so i don't know if you have a kernel of truth on this one yeah i, I do um it's like <laughs> okay, a little perfect. bit hard to encapsulate into just kind of like a sound bite but sure one of the things that i took away from this movie or that i was thinking about was that um was that like you can try to help people but you can't force people to act a way that you want them to, if that right. makes sense. Um, so yeah, I, yeah. I, I like that. The relationship between the two of them, the two main characters, was interesting because he kept trying to do the right thing and he kept kind of trying to impose his own value system upon uh, upon Teju. Um, mm-hmm. And so and he, he kind of kept trying to get her to do things a certain way. Um, and... Right, and it was all under the context of him like trying to help people, and so he thought, okay, I'm going to kill her husband because it's going to help her. And then he felt really betrayed when it turned out that that wasn't the case. But she made a really good point that it was like it doesn't that doesn't matter because like you can't um, just because you think something is right for somebody doesn't mean that that they have any obligation to do that. Yeah, um, and so like, like there's it- a flip side to that is that like. You can offer people help and assistance, but, like, that only goes so far, um, I guess. Right. And, you know, whatever your values are, like, keep an open mind. You may be wrong, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or just because... We just tend to think that whatever we think is what everyone else should think. Yeah, exactly. That's not true. Um, Yeah. I mean, so it's, like, it's kind of a... I guess it's kind of a large statement because you can kind of connect that to a lot of other things, but I guess... No, I think it's a good lesson. Like, a lot of people don't seem to know it. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, and, well, just, like, specifically in in the context of the movie, um, that was one of the things that I thought was super interesting about their relationship was that they kind of... I mean, it had, like, the typical modern vampire story in that they were kind of fighting over the morality of being vampires, but there was also... A little bit more to that in the relationship that it was also about um him 
kind of trying to control what she was doing and her rebelling right. against that. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. So that's what I've got, man. <laughs> okay. Cool. You... Um, I have a loose one. I don't know. So <laughs> lay it on me. I think it's important to be authentic and to be yourself. And I think we put a lot of like value judgments on what we should be. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, in one sense, he's a vampire, so he was trying to not kill people. And I think that's probably a pretty noble thing to do. <laughs> um, that being said, like, the average human being, I think, I don't think that we have a instinct to kill people. So I think, I mean, at least I don't think we naturally have it. I don't. Um, so I think it's important to be authentic to yourself. I mm-hmm. think you'll be a lot happier for it um, just to look at what you want and try to understand it and to not just knee-jerk react to, no, I'm not supposed to do that. I'm not supposed to be that way. Right. Like, even things just like, oh, I'm I'm supposed to go to school, then college, and then get married, have kids, and, like, all these things that we take that, like, we're supposed to do for granted. Um, let's take a moment to, like, question those things and look at what your instincts or what you really want. Um, and I think that you'll be better for it, and from there you can kind of choose your value system and live on that. Um, yeah, I think listening to yourself is important. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, yeah. I, <laughs> and I guess, yeah, I mean, let, hopefully, you know, if you do find yourself in the situation of being a vampire, you know, I guess it's like if your value right. system is like, fuck everyone, that's, I don't know, that's fair, I suppose. You are right. what you well, are. That's the thing. <laughs> well, that's the, the question, right? Because if your value and your instinct says to be a little shit, then yeah. what do you do? Um, but yeah, I I think. <sighs> well, I mean that's the then, fun because then we can get into a whole ethical moral <laughs> well, I mean, philosophy on this. But that's but... the fun thing is that this is a purely hype. Like I mean, vampires don't it exist. Is. It's a purely but hypothetical think... situation. So right, I yeah. think in general for the majority of people, and you of course can get into like a big like moral philosophical argument about like, well, what if someone you know, his instinct is to kill people or whatever. And I think that's what this movie was maybe exploring a little bit. But right. for the majority of people who aren't going to be know, vampires, think, exactly, who aren't <laughs> going to be vampires and are generally like good people, just like, you know, you don't have to do things just because it's your duty to. Sometimes I think it's even more ethical to look at what you want because then you're going to exceed, excel more and by doing things that you love to do and. Um, doing things that you instinctually or just feel right doing. Yeah, I mean, um, as long as they're not killing people. Like, I mean, yeah, because like again, you can dissect it a lot, but you know, just in general, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and not to not to be super, I guess, like uh, preachy or whatever, but like it's um, no, no. it's a, I think it's important to try to consider where you find happiness and value in your life, and so you know, I mean, yeah. it's um, don't. Like, instead of focusing on where your obligations are, focus on what's going to make you feel feel the most fulfilled. Like, fulfilled, yeah. yeah. And, like, I mean, but the... Jinx. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is that, like, I mean, everybody has certain obligations in their life, and it's kind of about, like, trying to find a good balance between... Right. Like, you kind of have to. Yeah. Like... Well, between, like, you know, 
it's like taking the time to kind of know what's important to you. And by doing that, you can kind of find a good balance between um, the things that you have to do and the things that you, I guess, want to do, essentially. Um, right. Yeah. And like, yeah, don't just ignore the things that you want to do. Yeah. Saying, I guess. Yeah. And I'll, exactly. And also don't go like full hedonistic because that's not good for society. Right. Exactly. So it's all about balance. You have to folks. find a nice <laughs> balance. Yeah. yeah. I just think that there's so many people who are like, oh, I have to do this. I have to go to school. I have to you know, get married, I have to have kids, I have to, um, yeah, you know, live that. whatever kind of cookie cutter life that, like, a lot of the times we've been told to have. <laughs> what is it, like, um, have 2.1 kids and live in a white picket fence Right, area. exactly. Yeah. I have to get all A's <laughs> or I'm gonna die. Like, it's like, you're probably gonna be okay. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, life moves on no matter what, so, you know, I think we can put a little less emphasis, I think, especially in our society, on uh you know obligation and achievement and obedience or whatever and maybe put a little more emphasis on like self-exploration and you know just even figuring out what makes you happy to begin with um yeah and and i think yeah and what's kind of fun about that is i think a lot of people end up figuring out that there is a large part of um what makes them happy is making the people they love happy and so it's like exactly yeah if you can i don't know and then yeah, creates, I think it's honestly we're just, instinctual. We're just a so, couple of fucking liberals. <laughs> we are, man. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's honestly, it's an instinctual yeah. thing. I think that when you treat other people better, you're really just treating yourself better. Yeah. Um, and I yeah, have, man. like, my own personal, like, weird theory uh, value philosophy about that. But, like... I definitely think, like, it's also just, I think it's been proven, like, generally scientifically, if you treat other people kindly, like, you feel better about yourself, mm-hmm. and, you know, I think it's the Vice other way it's true, too, yeah, or if definitely. you, like, yeah, treat yourself nicely, treat other people better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just innate in us, is that we're herd animals, and we survive better whenever we get along with people, and so I think that we naturally want to do that, which yeah. is... You know, if you're a vampire, maybe not. But that's why I'm saying generally, maybe listen to some of that instincts there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I guess, well, and the fun thing is that vampires being, um, yeah, I mean, uh, vampires kind of being originally created as like almost the antithesis of what it means to be human. You know, right. they're yeah. solitary creatures that don't, um, you know, don't abide by any kind of sense of community or whatever. Sure, like Unless, they're supposed to be. Until kind you of get into like all of and, the yeah. weird, you know, post like modern stuff where there's like big vampire communities or whatever i'm like <laughs> right like underworld or whatever yeah <laughs> uh, yeah exactly it's like not back in the traditional lore yeah anyway but right uh, yes <laughs> yeah no and i guess i did uh, for me watching this movie that was also i guess maybe i'm just reiterating what i said earlier but like i the struggle between the two characters i thought was genuinely like a good like this is why i would recommend that people watch this movie and that's why i actually think it's a genuinely interesting take on kind of the traditional vampire story because at its core the like struggle and the relationship between the two characters is pretty interesting so yeah no i definitely thought it was a really i like really fascinating character study just looking at like what that would be like um, yeah plus if you just yeah. want to see like some pretty gory shit like go yeah back. that's also cool it's also there yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always like a fun movie you know it's yeah. like stylistically interesting yeah we didn't even get into like jumps out the bathroom window with oh, a cape God, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah we didn't even get into like all of the cool like this movie is also just like really gorgeous um uh, because it's just shots the, well like, yeah and because it's just who the director is there's nothing 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but this is probably a good place to wind down. But um, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I have. <sighs> We don't it's a good know. Job. You know, we tackled a foreign film. Yeah, exactly. I think <laughs> we're gonna try to do another one, hopefully upcoming. I think we should. Yeah, sure. we gotta get another like guest on here soon too. So. Sure. Maybe maybe we'll get in Lonnie. We we'll have friends, it. I swear. We, <laughs> we hang out with people yeah. sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> it's not just us <laughs> in our rooms talking to each other. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, cool. This is probably a good time to sign off. All right. Thanks for listening, yeah. everybody. I'm Emily. I'm Dora. And we'll All right. see you next time. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>